Welcome to Tusker Talk, a podcast from Somers Schools. I'm Amanda Bergen, the district's communications coordinator. It is Thursday, which means it is time for a superintendent's update with Dr. Raymond Blanche. Hi, Ray. How are you today? Great. Thank you, Amanda. So we are coming up on the 100th day of school, which for the 2021 school year is no small feat. Absolutely agree with that. You know, usually that's a big celebration day for our elementary kids on that 100th day. I think we're all going to be celebrating it this year. <laughs> Looking back, I certainly there's small adjustments along the way that we would have maybe done a little tweak here and there. But all in all, it's been a, a strong collective effort to get us to this spot. This year has really been about adjusting and reassessing our practices to fit the current situation. And with the advent of these vaccines, we're now looking at a new possible situation, and that's bringing all of our students in back into school full time. We already have the kindergartners through sixth graders in full time, but now we're looking at putting a plan into place to bring the seventh through twelfth graders in as well. Absolutely, I, I think as we are all aware that as uh, the vaccinations for the COVID nineteen now are available, while the supply is is rather low and is is not meeting obviously the demand. Yet it is a, a point that we realize that we're getting closer to be able to come back to school for all of our children. K-6 have been in every day, and yet um, obviously we want all of our kids in here. So with that part of the vaccination, that is a critical piece that we believe we have to put in place to have our children come back. So our, our target basically is to have at least 80% of our employees vaccinated force to start bringing back our uh, students seven through 12. Certainly there are some other things that we need to address as well to make sure that's a safe and secure place for our kids and faculty and staff. So you're talking about bringing back seventh through 12th grade full-time once you reach certain targets. What are those targets? Right, so the, the one key target is that vaccination. We, need, we believe we need to be at least 80% or higher for that rate. So to do that, we're uh, do, our employees are doing everything they can to go ahead and get those shots. We're working with our local pharmacies that are still waiting on their supply of the vaccinations. But once they hopefully get those, we can then help expediate that with our employees. The other area that let me just to... let me stop you sure. there because sure. I I'd love to share a few more details with that. We're work, we're lo- working with this local pharmacy, and and what have they agreed to do for us? So basically, what um, you know is we're on the one B list for the state of those folks who can get access to those shots. And so as a partner with us, they with us on that 1B list, they're going to go ahead and work with us, let us know when those shots do arrive there so we can hopefully directly inform our employees that now we have local access to that. And they'll help work on the coordination of uh, the shot testing for the first and the second and shot. So the access should be obviously a lot easier when we're right here in town versus Heading, you know, some folks are heading as far as up to Binghamton. I've heard some folks try to get shots. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this is a piece to hopefully make it a lot easier to take care of and expedite that work. We know we're not going to have the need for everybody to still need a shot because people are doing that. But we're going to have, I believe, a fair amount by the time we get those shots here locally. So their partnership uh, is something that will help us just expedite and also make the ease of access a lot better. Getting at least 80% of our school employees vaccinated, what's another target before we can bring the older kids in full-time? So another key target in there too is we uh, we wanna be able to do some more screen testing. So we have actually uh, received a first small batch of our tests and actually we'll be using those 
to start randomly testing our student athletes that are involved in the high contact sports. So again, we'll be putting in the request for more tests and hopefully we can go ahead and get those tests up so we can start creating more randomized testing across these schools. And again, I know we sent out a, a request still uh, probably before the break asking families to please uh, allow consent for the child to be tested. We'll ask, remind folks to do that again now that we believe we should start being able to get some of those tests as we get closer to opening. Mm -hmm. um, I, we talked about also in the past installing desktop barriers. Is that a possibility? Yes, that'll be something we're going to want to go ahead and, and do. And so we'll be, we have a, um, a portion of those across the schools. Mo they're used right now for when there has to be, you know, some really uh, small group instruction or close proximity instruction and supporting students, maybe on particular learning targets they're getting after. So we need to expand that. So where each individual desk in the district will have a basic, uh, you know, screen there on their desk that they can have available. We'll also, as we continue things we've been doing, we'll continue with our cleaning processes. We will continue with our mask wearing. We will go ahead and continue with the quarantine guidelines as they are uh, provided to us by the county. So those are things we are and will continue to do. How will this affect things like lunchtime? So those are pieces where um, when we more likely come back from the February break, we're going to go ahead and uh, reconvene portions of our reentry coalition team there. And so in that regard, we will be looking at those operational details like scheduling and like you just said before about lunch. So that's a part that we wanna make sure we get, you know, the inside of those individuals who were on the front side of putting this together. And we have continued to adapt and adjust along the way. And then now getting their insights again, as we look, as we come out of that current experience. So there will be adjustments, but I would really uh, say that we'll be having more of that detail as we get some recommendations coming out of the uh, components of the task force we had earlier in the summer. Do you have a sense of when we might actually be able to bring kids back full-time? So I would say that, just remind ourselves, we've got our kids K-6 full-time, so that's gonna continue. So Will seven, there be any difference? Will there be any change to that model? That's a great point. I, there will be changes and subtle adjustments. I would say, for example, sixth grade, they're in separate classrooms right now. When we bring our seventh and eighth grade back in, we'll need to have those students go ahead and be in the same class and visualize that class. Um, you'll have a full class of students in there. They will all have their mask on. They will have uh, the separation of desks. More than likely, they'll be approximately four feet of distance. We will not be going back directly to the desired model of small groups or pods in our classrooms. Best instructional practices yet right now, the health um, kind of supersedes that approach. So that will be the look and the feel of our classrooms now here. Hopefully that is in the uh, later spring. And boy, it would be wonderful if we already get our kids four or six or so weeks back to our schools proper in the second year level at the end of the year. So we can really actually do some troubleshooting of how we need to make this work for our teachers and faculty and children. So because when we come back in the fall, I believe we're gonna be in the exact same spot. We're gonna need that distancing. We're gonna need the masks. We're gonna need the screens. We're gonna need all those different logistical things. And this will give us a chance to get that started here this spring. So. Again, I would say if, if we get some time later in May and June, just to where we're at now, we're almost March and I'm not hearing or seeing that there's gonna be a flood of opportunities for folks to get those shots directly. So 
Uh, but we want to plan for that. And so we're going to start here uh, diligently after the February break with our coalition. And really, I would say the best piece is we get uh, kids back and towards the end of the year. The worst is where we just had that much more time to prepare to welcome them back in the fall. Mm -hmm. And what about students who are who have opted into full e-learning so far this year? And we know many families have chosen to do that. And every indication we have is that as a choice that those families are um, pleased with and they have stayed with. We have had, uh, I mean, counted on a hand how many times that a student or family has chosen to come back to the school proper or go to um, e-learning. That's at the K-6 level in particular. And so those that experience will be able to stay in place for those families for the remainder of the year. Second year has been a little different uh, with our older children a little bit more, uh, I would say, prepared and set to handle the learning. Certainly their decisions for quarantining and or being involved in athletics has driven some of the higher increases we've seen there, but they have always been set up to do the Zoom distance learning back and forth versus our elementary K through six school or grade levels are really set up to be in person or they have a dedicated teacher K through five that's just doing the e-learning. So different for elementary than secondary. Okay, so if they want to continue full-time e-learning, that will still be an option. Yes, that will be an option for through the remainder of the year. As far as next year, uh, we have no idea what the state uh, will provide as, as um, an opportunity for the fall and uh, what they need to uh, offer us and what we can do for distance learning. We have had no indications at this point in time. Okay, so you mentioned that the sixth grades will be, instead of being into two separate classrooms, they would need to be put into one classroom in order to fit the seventh and eighth grades into the middle school. What about for the elementary schools, which are also separated into two classes, two rooms per class? Right. And so the elementaries, especially if um, I'm close enough in the ballpark with we maybe it's maybe it's six or a few more weeks plus or minus at that point in time of the year, I would believe and say it's best for us to continue the year as it's set up at the elementary levels. There isn't a need to go ahead and collapse students because we have the space determined right now with the full body in there. What I would see is that the elementaries will probably start to um, do some of their practices, like with how will they do lunch or how would we do maybe some uh, conversation where we have teachers coming in and pushing in to support a class. So some of those subtle adjustments, again, will be a perfect time for us to kind of uh, prove these concepts in the, in the late spring so we're best prepared in the fall. And bringing back these kids full-time um, for the ones who've been hybrid or full-time e-learning isn't just going to be a physical change. It's going to be an emotional challenge as well. What will the district be doing to support those needs? Absolutely. And so the reality of the emotional challenges here is significant. And we have seen continually with having our schools and as much as we, children in school, as much as we have, it really has assisted and helped us to allow to be able to support children with the, the struggle of this ongoing. And so when we come back in the late in the spring or in the fall, one of the, the key, key focus areas we are uh, working diligently on is really focusing on those relationships between our faculty and staff, as well as with our faculty and staff to the children and children to children. So we wanna make sure we provide opportunity to come together, to share, to basically um, talk about the challenges that we've collectively gone through together. So that may be either pushing conversations with our medical, mental health professionals in classrooms, it may be small groups on the side, but we really re understand and realize that we're gonna need to come together and talk about what we went through. 
uh, as a collective school and classroom, those classroom communities. So that idea about supporting their social and emotional needs is there. Our mental health team is certainly prepared as well as our rest of our faculty proper to support and hopefully recognize the children's support needs. We are and have been exploring um, you know, the idea about uh, different ways to support students in their decision-making when they are challenged with things like this. So our mental health team actually in just a few weeks will be picking up some uh, new training on how to support students in their thinking and, and how to help students to help themselves. So mm -hmm. uh, we've been gearing up underneath the leadership of you know, our mental health uh, professionals. So uh, lots of work to be done and, and yet we are prepared right now and we're gonna continue to prepare ourselves even better. I'm sure that parents and faculty and staff um, and students too, are gonna to have lots of questions about what it means to return full-time for those who haven't been in full-time. Uh, how will we be answering those questions? So Amanda, and one of the things we really uh, saw when we came back in the fall, the, the building-based Q&A sessions were um, really wonderful. Uh, they helped us understand a lot from what we thought we were getting ready to prepare and yet our parents did a wonderful job of asking questions and clarifying and giving us some insight so we could go ahead and prepare uh, the plan appropriately. We will do the same thing. So as we get closer to when we believe we'll be able to start easing our students back in, kind of feathering them back in, we will be having building-based Q&A sessions with a, certainly with faculty, staff, and, and families in those different sessions to hopefully um, answer any questions, alleviate some of the stress, but also just be on the same, um, you know, kind of page together, but really fluid communications going back and forth is critical. And I'm sure that we'll be talking about it at least a couple more times on these superintendents updates. So be sure to stay tuned here as well. Thank you, Ray. Thanks again.